once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. There we go. It's fine. Cool. Hello, you are listening to the C Squared podcast with Holly and Effie. Yes, we are back. Um, and we are here today with the lovely Maria from Future Palace. So thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, it's wonderful to have you. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Love having a lot of time and screen time to talk about our music. That's really nice for us. So thank you. Yeah, so um, first of all, congratulations, because you just released your second album. Thank you. <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> um, feels good. It feels crazy. It doesn't even, it didn't even feel real for the first album. It's like, it's mm -hmm. so much like work and uh, you just forget that at some point it's going to be released because you keep working on it, you keep working on it like daily. And yeah, it feels so good to finish something. It's such, it's such a nice feeling. And um, it feels like having two children. <laughs> that's how I would describe it. Even though I don't have children, but that's kind of how it feels <laughs> like. You feel pretty proud, but they're like different, but you love both of them and yeah. <laughs> So we just gave birth basically <laughs> it was very quick you, you released um escape in 2020 so mm -hmm. you know two years later you already have another album that's that's a lot of work to be putting in <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny it's funny because now i need to take this reference again with the children our drummer <laughs> he's he just became a dad so he basically got two children in this time and i think that's what most <laughs> people did in this time they tried to make something nice out of it and um, that's exactly what we did. We used this time as wisely and more productive as we could. And that's when we just created Run because it wasn't even a long thought. It was just like, okay, we can't play, we can't tour. Let's go on with song songwriting. And of course, that's a little sad because all of us were really, really excited to go on stage finally. But I think it just all happens for a reason in the end. And I am really, really happy that I am now able to go on stage and even bigger stages with these new songs because they're 100% more us and we, we like them a little better because they're just more present and we learn so much and it's just a different thing and I'm really, really happy that I can go on tour. I went on tour, well, it wasn't with this album, but a lot of new singles of this album and that all the future gigs are now with all these new songs included and yeah, that's such such a nice feeling. Did you learn anything from your first album? Um, did you learn any lessons that you sort of took into making the second album? Yeah, a lot, a lot of lessons. Um, I keep mentioning that one thing was was not there for us, which was the life experience. So we couldn't really adapt any song to that and just did what we wanted. Um, but we learned a lot, I think, songwriting wise. We just got to know each other and we it was just so much easier and natural this time. And we, we didn't even meet for the songwriting process. We were separate most of the times. Ooh. And yeah, it was like online, even though we live in the same city and not even that <laughs> far from each other. But also because there was like lockdown, um, that was a reason. And it worked so effortlessly, I think. It worked really quickly. We had a bunch of demos. Some didn't make it, of course, on the album, but we had a bunch of demos and we liked most of them. 
And I feel like I personally got a lot better at songwriting. And I think also Manuel, our guitarist, got a lot better at songwriting. And we just understood more how it works. And yeah, that's just a lot of lessons learned. Also production-wise, I think the, the producers improved so much um, because, of course, they had so many bands in between. They do it full-time. And Chris, Chris especially, who's one of the producers, had so, so, so many different bands in between and also did his own album and stuff. So I could tell that they improved so much uh, in this time as well. So all of us were like, yeah, having or learned so much from that first album. So you mentioned that this album was more you. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed this album had a lot more harsh vocals on it. It felt a mm -hmm. lot heavier in, in a lot of ways. And uh, also, I, I guess, more emotionally driven. Do mm -hmm. you feel that that is the natural evolution of your style? Do you think you're going to keep getting even heavier? Um, I'm not sure what the future will bring because we have we we get new ideas and we're just going to do what we like. But it is absolutely um, perfect fitting for the songs and the, the emotions the songs have. Uh, it wasn't a long decision if we're going to do it or not. I'm just I just tried it and um, yeah, went on with it. I, I wasn't even that great at screaming in the beginning, but I just did it because I thought these sounds and songs need screams. And um, that's something I said actually yesterday um, that I think Escape had a lot of heavy topics as well. But I wasn't ready yet to one or I don't know, or I didn't even think about to convey these emotions 100% how they feel. And Run, I think, is so much closer to the emotion I actually felt while writing these songs or what the, these experiences feel like. And therefore, yeah, I would say that that's a lot more authentic or a lot closer to what these songs are about. And I don't think I, I'm going to remove the screams in the future, but I don't know how I'm going to use them. But I like using so many different stylistic options. Um, I'm just open for anything. So I don't know what the next album or EP or whatever is going to bring. But yeah, for Escape, the, uh, Escape, oh my God, for Run, it felt really natural. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of bringing in all these different stylistic sort of inspirations, um, I think Future Palace is one of the most eclectic uh, sort of sounds that I've heard. It's it's not, it's not, yeah. I mean, a lot of bands draw from pop, but mm. it, it's it's you guys seem to draw from like electro and soul and a bit of jazz mm. sometimes. Like, what do you, what were your inspirations growing up that brought this all together? Uh, I think so many different um, inspirations. So first of all. Um, we like 50-50, so Manuel has his inspirations and I have uh, inspirations and um, yeah, and I have mine. So he grew up or he he listens to a lot of 80s music. Um, and what what are they called? Uh, there's this like Spotify account that does like 80 remixes and the Nightwish or something. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm completely wrong. Oh my God, wait, what are they called? Something with night and I keep- Night, is it Nightcore? No, 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 not Nightcore. I know what that is, but- I don't know, but it's like a it's like a musician. He oh, he gets like guest singers on, and he does like mainly eighties. Um, God, night, which is a, I, that was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is like yeah, he's like an eighties musician, um, but nowadays, you know, and that's mm -hmm. something Manuel listens to a lot, and also he listens to a lot of pop music. I know. But also he was all into like post-hardcore, metalcore music back then and still now. And also I am. 
And I also love listening to 80s music a lot, um, but also music such as 21 Pilots or like really modern um, rock music, I would say, and also like metalcore music as well. And I think we just had so many different influences um, that I can't even say like one one band really, because yeah. we were open to every genre. And um, I didn't listen to jazz personally, and we don't even really listen to electro also, even though we live in like the capital of electric music. Like Berlin <laughs> is say, yeah. <laughs> the electro town yeah, city, but no, we don't personally listen to it, actually. We just like the elements and like to stay open. I think it's more our producers who get these elements in there, especially Julian. He built like electro parts and he's really, really good at that. And then we were like, yeah, that actually sounds sick. Let's just put it in there. And yeah, but I think the most electro I listened to was like probably the Bring Me the Horizon parts. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure. Hyperpop as well, like this genre that has also it's not really electro, you know, but it sounds kind of similar in some parts because maybe it's a mixture of like pop and electro and I don't know what else. But yeah, that is pretty much it. So a lot of different genres and things in the end. Yeah, this is kind of a weird question, then. but when you're making your music and you're in the studio or you're working with producers, how do you make sure that the music stays like true to your core? like that it's mm -hmm. it's definitely your style and and that how do you like question. retain that control over it Ooh, that is actually you're the <laughs> first one to ask this so that is interesting because that is actually a really um not dramatic topic but that's actually really important thing to us in the studio because i think actually for escape we, we we didn't lose control but we gave a lot of control to the producers because we we trusted them because they were more experienced and we were just two people like because manuel and i write the songs and um johannes the, the drummer he, he will check on the songs and say if something is unrealistic or he, if he doesn't like it he will say something on uh, yeah about this too but mainly the creative process is me and manuel also in the studio it's mostly us and um yeah, at the beginning for Escape, it was a lot more with Chris. He even changed vocal, like the, the chorus completely. And that was really Ooh. weird for us in the beginning. We're like, what? What? Are our songs not good enough? And you have to really trust someone to do that. And you have to really get your pride away and think what's best for the song in the end. You always have to think what's best for the song and never for your like pride or ego or what, or what else. And um, yeah, we learned that. And for Run, it was really different because a lot of things stayed the way they were in the demos. And that was really nice to us because that's why I also say it's a lot more us. There's less, uh, less things changed, especially vocally. Um, of course, the lyrics most, mostly 100% stayed the same. And even the melodies 100% almost stayed the same. And I was um, really trying to get my ideas even more into this album because for Escape, I feel like production-wise, I couldn't influence that much, but for one, I influenced a lot more, I think, and pre-build it in the demos and said, look, this is my idea. Could you do this like in a professional way? Because it sounds like shit when <laughs> I do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I was like, yeah, this, but but better, <laughs> but make it nice. And um, that's what we did so much more for run. We had so many more 100% ideas that we wanted to be translated, not changed. 
But the, we were also doing compromises once in a while. And there were even discussions, especially with Manuel and Chris, with like chord changes. Sometimes we discuss for almost an hour or even two uh, in between if we we're going to change one chord in the chorus. That was a dramatic discussion that got a little, not heated, but everyone was so <laughs> emotional about it. That was so funny. So yeah, that is a really, really um, important thing while being in the studio. We try to keep everything the way we want it mostly. But also, we always made sure what's best for the song. And we, you still have to trust your producer and then make a compromise in the end. And I think we, we managed to do this uh, really well with Run. And yeah, a lot more of our ideas and a lot more things kept stayed this way for this album. So after you released Escape, um, like a couple of those songs ended up on like Spotify curated mm -hmm. playlists. Mm -hmm. Did that make a big change? Did that bring in like an influx of listeners and followers? Yeah, uh, the I'm not the I'm not the pro about playlisting. I think that's 100% Manuel. He's like playlist pro. He has like his own playlist and stuff like that. And they both of them, both of the guys are really like analytic about that stuff. They check it like almost daily or playlists we're on. I'm like, whatever. I'm just happy. I'm like the more art artistic person, I think. And um, that absolutely changed something though. I learned a lot more about it as well. Before uh, releasing my first songs with, with Future Palace, I wasn't aware how big of a deal playlists are, honestly, because I personally don't really listen to playlists. I just listen to the release radar, daily mix, and um, just things like that. But I don't actively follow metal playlists and stuff. And that's why I thought that's not that people don't do it. I just wasn't aware of how big of a deal this is. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we got our first like editorial playlist, um, a lot of things changed. Yes, obviously, that was uh, a big, big game changer for us. And now it still is. And um, it's a really, yeah, it plays a really big part of who we are and who listens to us. That's really, really cool. Do you think that it, it built up an expectation for you um, when it came to time to release the second album? Were you worried that what if this is going to let down all these new fans who came for, you know, what mm -hmm. is a, not as not as heavy, you know, because the first album isn't as heavy. Were you worried that they wouldn't like how heavy the, the new album is? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We were we, we didn't know what to expect, but we knew we like it and we felt like it, it didn't feel weird or forced or anything because it wasn't forced at all it was just natural and screaming was always a thing i was able to do but like not as well as i do it now because i never did it so much that was also my first time ever screaming this much but it just felt so natural because we come from this background and um yeah it didn't feel weird or forced and we were just hyped to release them because we liked the songs and we we didn't really care at that point anymore if people are not gonna like it because we liked it a lot and we were confident releasing them, especially Paradise was the first one. We we're like, yes, we, we need to release this. We just think it's cool. Um, but of course there was this, there, there was this kind of fear if this is gonna work, but actually it was the opposite that we were more scared for, with songs like A World in Tears, which was in between a soft song yeah. because we're signed at a metal label in the end of the day. And it was more weird for us to be signed there with Escape than it is to be signed there with run and it just made sense it was like yeah now it makes sense that we're signed here and i we think the 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 crowd the audience of a rising empire for, especially is gonna like the change and that's what it was it helped us to grow way way more now and i think people are even sad when there are no screams on the songs now <laughs> so opposite now it's crazy <laughs> 
I um no, I thought it was very strong. I mean, like I said before, the reviews have been just overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. for it. Have you received any negative reviews? Actually, not about the screaming. No, not at all. I I, I didn't even think about it. Um, I think there might be people who don't like it. Probably, I think one said um i think in some video i said it sounds like she's vomiting but they uh, they wrote it in japanese and i translated and i laughed so loud i'm like what <laughs> it was just funny to me because I'm like i can i can imagine that if that's the first time hearing screams for you that you could think it's like vomiting or something <laughs> but i feel like most people who don't like it they don't like screams in general or like heart music um but so far it was really really positive that's really cool because I was not sure if I'm actually a good screamer or anything. I'm like, I'm just impressed or, yeah, overwhelmed that people actually like it. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> when you were getting into music, like how well, how long have you been? Because obviously Future Palace has been going for a few years, but presumably you were into music before that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in a band for eight years before that, and I um, studied music before that. And yeah, I was all into music already, as you could. I, I didn't finish studying music, but I studied it for one and a half years, I think. Uh, three semesters, I don't know. I think that's one and a half years. And um, I knew already that I wanted to make a living from music. Um, I'm still not there, but we're, we're working towards that. And that's my life goal since many, many years. I think actively, really, really actively since I'm 16. I was like, I really want to live from music. That is my goal. I don't know what else I want to do with my life. That's why I'm here. Uh, and I wrote my first songs when I was 12 um, already. And um, yeah, and this when I was a kid, basically with my acoustic guitar and I kept going. And my first real English songs, I think were written when I was like 14. I had my first gig with the old band, with my songs, with this band. And yeah, I, I was able to learn so much because I wouldn't be writing these kind of songs now if I wouldn't have experience and um, yeah also with with this language I had a lot of English experience and I think also studying it for one and a half years really finished it or give it gave it the fin- finishing touch and finally after I quit music and I thought like oh what am I gonna do now and my now current band is not really going forward that's when I met Manuel and Johannes like it was like destiny honestly it was like law of attraction something I don't know if you're aware of that but it was honestly like something magical the universe sent me and um, we met and everything was 100% what I needed, what I wanted. And I was able to just use everything I learned from from school and my years of experience to go 100% with Future Palace. And um, yeah, that's where we are now. And I think everything was perfect timing for all of us. I, I don't know if this is a weird question, hmm. but why English? Um, because that's something it's funny because my nephew just asked this. My nephew just asked why I'm not singing German and I responded because I want the whole world to understand what I'm saying. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the answer. <laughs> Was it is it weird? Like, because obviously, English grammar is very different. Um, <laughs> it's pretty different. And our rhyming like a lot of our words look like they should rhyme but they don't because it's not a phonetic language was it hard Mm. to learn to write lyrics um i think i think i'm still learning because i'm not a it's not my mother tongue obviously but um i think i have an advantage because uh first of all in school i did english for a really long time um 
yeah i did like a levels i'm not sure how it's called in every country but it's i did a levels focused on english a lot of writing and analyzing texts and doing like professional english and introducing me to new grammar types that you wouldn't learn in the basic german school so i had english a lot of times in the week that i was confronted with then i had two relationships fully in english and then i have siblings who grew up or were raised in america and um for example my brother came to germany when he was 12 and couldn't speak a word uh, german and i taught him german when i was eight uh, yeah eight and he taught me english in a different way than i learned it in school because we talked english every time we met because he couldn't speak german uh, now he can <laughs> but um so i was confronted with english so much in my life and um i think that helped me because I didn't even lear just learn it in school, like theoretically, but I used it so much practically in my life and even emotionally with relationships. That is insane. That really taught me a lot because I did it every day. And then when you're angry and you want to say German curse words and then you're like, ah, I have to say it in English now. <laughs> 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 and I think that really, really helped me. And then also while studying, I also got English classes. So I learned a lot of English. So therefore it feels not new to write songs in English, but it's still not easy. And I judge myself so hard on my songwriting. And always when I present it to someone who uh, whose native language uh, is English, I'm like, don't judge me, please. Uh, for example, my sister, her native English is uh, native um, language is English. And she also is the only person to say, you sound really German when you talk English. Because everyone there was like, you sound so good for a German. She's like, no, she sounds super German because she knows German. It's so funny. And um, or also my brother, will he will always judge me until the day we die, <laughs> the way I speak English. And yeah, I showed her like lyrics once in a while, asking her, is that is that even correct? She's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And um, but there might be probably um, also things that make no sense to others. And I will not be able to correct it because it's not my mother tongue. Yeah. But yeah, it feels natural still. Somehow. Well, to be honest, reading the lyrics, you wouldn't be able to tell that you weren't a native English oh. speaker. Thank you. That's so nice to hear. You have better English oh. than a lot of native English speakers. I'm sure. <laughs> Holly would Thanks. agree with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I try to be as correct as possible. And also Manuel. Like we we translate our own, prom own promotion texts, which are really, really hard, I think. And um, he has a doctor in history. So he's like, he went through a lot of education. And I think he's also really, really good at English. And he will also, or both of us, I think, are similar with English. But he he has like this professional English. He had to learn a lot more than I had to. And he will also once in a while help with like, we even make sure our Instagram captions are like correct with the grammar. And he will make sure if we use capital letters there and how we use uh, yeah signs in the sentence. And I, I just learned a lot of the grammar and I try to make it yeah logical and correct <laughs> all the time. That's so nice so to hear. So nice to hear. Was it English artists that inspired you early on to become a musician or was it German artists or? Absolutely English artists. I don't really like German artists mostly. <gasps> I, uh, I I like a few, but mostly no. <laughs> it's, I, I absolutely like English artists. My first artist I fell in love with when I was like 12 was Avril Lavigne. Um, oh, really, yes. Yes. She's, <laughs> I don't know. I just loved every song and I knew how to sing it and I learned it on the guitar and um, I just absolutely loved her, adored her. Then, of course, Paramore, Panic at the Disco, Linkin Park, 
all that good stuff uh, was something I was listening to. Oh, my chemical romance. I just saw them yesterday oh, yeah. for the first time. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Uh, I was crying. I was like, the, you, they don't know how much they did to me, like how much they influenced me and inspired me. Um, but yeah, all these good artists uh, or like 21 Pilots, as I said, later on in life on 30 Seconds to Mars. It was all um, English artists. And I think that will also be one big goal for me to play in the USA for the first time. That's going to be a really, really big goal for me because it means so much to me. And also, I think us, because I feel like most artists that we really, really, really like and um, that inspire us are from USA or like Australia and so on. But yeah, of really, obviously, uh, does it feel English really weird to you then to think that these are the bands that inspired you and now you are the band that is inspiring some 11 year old out there <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> I, I can't i'm not sure if that's actually a thing i i i still don't understand how i would actually influence anyone or if that's real or not um i don't think it's it, it didn't reach me yet and i don't think we're that big i i can't believe that there's probably 11 year old feeling the way I felt about Ever Levine because she was so much bigger already back then. <laughs> and um, but yeah, that might be the thing. And also when I was on tour, I just noticed that we actually have fans. I didn't believe it before. I, I didn't know how many <laughs> people I didn't believe it because it feels felt so unreal because that's everything I ever wished for in my um, life. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, right? I, I'm acting like everyone is like lying to me or something. It's so weird, you know, but I think it will become more of a reality the longer I notice that the people won't leave, you know, it's not like a thing of a week, but if people actually stay and this keeps growing, it would probably reach me at some point. But yeah, the tour did so much already. I was actually having a positive panic attack when we had our first gig. <laughs> <laughs> and there were just 80 people waiting for us. Um, but that after two years, and that was our first time doing a headline tour. And I was like, how are there 80 people trying to like wanting to see me now? And everybody knew me and everybody was watching me. And I'm like, what is happening? That was honestly because there was no there was no gigs in between uh, uh, releasing Escape and then yeah. releasing. I don't know how many singles we released, I think four or five before our first headline show. And I was like, whoa, that was like a movie. That was like real Hollywood shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, that felt absolutely surreal. So it's still, it will take some time until I will understand what's happening. Are you planning yeah. to tour again now that the album's out? Yeah, absolutely. We will absolutely do a tour playing run. We don't have any um, yeah, correct plans or yeah, um, when we do it, I think probably next year would make most sense because we had a lot of touring this year. We're going to go on tour again in uh, August with Battle Beast. We will play at Full Force next week and then in Sweden the week after that, which I'm really excited for as well. My first ever festivals, not only to be played, but that I visit. I've never been on a festival. So um, yeah, I really hope that we can have a really nice, cool tour for Run and um, I'm excited. I don't know how big it's going to be or what's going to happen next. Uh, we're just here to see what's going to happen. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest, like the, the one thing that's like helped you along the way? You mean to, to grow or to... to... To get to the point musically and, you know, like influence wise where you're at, like what has been your, your big thing that you you kind of needed that you wouldn't be here at this point if you hadn't had it i think 
Manuel and Johannes, to be honest, um, because uh, you can, um, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna compare it to my old band and not to shade them because we were really young and kept going for like eight years, which is a long time for young people. Um, but uh, since I met Manuel and Johannes, everything changed music-wise and probably also because I studied it and so on. But um, both of them are so have so much discipline. That's insane. They have more discipline than I have, I think. But they inspired me to to work harder, even harder, because I didn't know I had the will and motivation to do so, but I didn't have the the ways and I didn't know what to do and how to structure. And um, I just had my ideas. And I think together with them, we we just um, balance each other out perfectly because they are really work driven. And especially Johannes, he's a booker. He works as a booker and um, for, for a big company here in Germany, they do the hurricane festival and stuff. So that is such a huge advantage for us because he's our manager now. And he taught us so much about this industry. He knew so many people already and could tell who are like the cool people and stuff. And um, they had focus what to do. He knew what to do, what steps to follow. And I think we call him our band daddy because he, he's in two ways. He's a real daddy. He just he became a real daddy and he is the band daddy because he kind of shows us this industry and we are like more the creators, the art artistic people and um, also him. He's also really creative. But yeah, honestly, I think it's all of us together who help each other because we work every day for this band and I'm not exaggerating it. We work every day for this band and um, put so much hours in there without earning money in the beginning. We didn't earn anything from it in, in the opposite. We lost a lot of money, but we had so much passion and um, that just really made it. Honestly, they're the we're the perfect. Uh, there's the perfect combination. That's also why we don't have any other band members, because all of us, we give 200 percent. And um, I'm just so, so happy and thankful that I met both of them, because honestly, it is the hardest part, I think to find people you could actually work with because there's always somebody who won't do as much as the others or who suddenly has something going on with their life. But all of us really prioritize the band so much that it just works so nicely. And that's lucky. That's just lucky. Are you comfortable with saying how much money you spent on your first album? Oh God, I don't even know. I honestly, <laughs> that's, that's probably Johannes would be able to say that in one second, but I was like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> Mm, I'm not it. sure, but it's, <laughs> I think it's it's probably over ten thousand or something. I don't know, but I'm not sure. But I think, I think yeah, it's uh, the first album was uh, around ten thousand euros, I think, but I'm not sure. And that was the low budget version. Yeah, I was gonna say that's remarkably mm. well done for that. <laughs> <laughs> because studios are not as cheap, and they've become even more expensive now. Yeah. And um, we were working, uh, Manuel and I. At that time, he couldn't find, I think he still was working on his doctor or something. And I just quit studying. And we both, that's no joke, were working in a bookshop uh, 30, uh, 40 hours a week uh, and just full on that. On, on a, um, what is it called? As cashiers, pretty much. That's all we did. Mm -hmm. As like Christmas, we just helped out for Christmas. That's why they took us in. And we just did that for two months to uh, be able to pay the studio for our first songs. And we were actually working yeah, in a bookshop together both of us and I'm like what is our life and then the only time we had a day off we went to the studio and we didn't basically have days off still I didn't have vacation really you barely have vacation because most vacation because we have to work is for the band and that's something you have to be willing to do you have to be crazy <laughs> to do it and uh, 
but it's worth it and um yeah it's worth it and i'm happy that we're now at a state that at least we don't have to spend money from our personal money because that was not that easy because i was really doing everything and i was really really unhappy because i kept working random jobs i didn't even have time to change the job to think what i'm gonna do after quitting my my studies and now i'm in a better position and i do a better job and stuff like that that fits so much better with doing music um but back then it was actually really 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 hard it was really hard but absolutely worth every second and every decision yeah <laughs> Oh, if there's any, time, I'm afraid. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there any yeah, advice? If, if there is anything else you would like to add, Maria, that would be yeah. Please go advice ahead. Advice for anything you would like to plug, anything yeah. you'd like listeners to hear, go for it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, if you have a dream, I'm not going to say that as cheesy, but because I think I haven't reached what I want to reach yet. But if you have a dream, just go for it. And sometimes you don't know the way or the people yet. But I think if you really want something, don't let yourself down just believe in yourself because i'm already at a point that i never thought i wanted to reach but i didn't know how and i didn't know if i even had the power and the people or anything and i didn't have money honestly i didn't have money look i just bought this microphone last year i finally had money for a microphone and we did everything so cheap for the first demos before we went in the studio and i we just saved our money for the studio and it was worth it and if you want something you will find a way you will always find things that don't work but you have to find the things that might work you know and that's probably yeah what i'm gonna share with the people as a positive <laughs> note and i hope that if you listen to this album, it can help you and inspire you that because we honestly came from nowhere and nothing. Um, <laughs> and uh, now we're here already and that's so nice. And I'm excited what the future will bring and we're planning big things and I hope we will reach them. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank we you. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Really nice new question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.